Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10.30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois, 60926. We hope to see you this morning. We have been going through 1 John in this past few weeks. We know that 1 John was written to a to the church as a general letter to thwart any um, false teaching and false prophet, prophet teaching. So we're now in chapter 5. So if you want to turn to chapter 5, that'll be fine. I'm just going to go down five verses today. There's a lot in these five verses, so we didn't want to overload us with a lot of verses this morning. Chapter 5, starting in verse 1. <clears throat> Whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves the one born of the Father. By this we know that we, are, we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that, he keep, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. For whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and, who, and the vict victory that overcomes the world is our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, Father, thank you today for this word. Pray that you'd help it to uh, cultivate in our hearts. Minister, Lord, through us this word and help us to glean greater understanding in you. And Lord, we thank you for that and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, there's a lot of things in here that we really want to look at phrase-wise. Whoever believes that Jesus Christ is born, of, is born of God and everyone who loves the Father loves the one born of the Father. Very first verse. It's a very significant verse because there's some things that we have to really look at when it comes to terminology that is used in this verse. Whoever believes that Jesus Christ is born of God. Okay, now that, that encompasses everybody, right? Because you talk to everybody and they say, well, yeah, Jesus is the Son of God, sure. Does that mean that everybody that says that is a Christian? Going to heaven. There's a, there's a thing here that happened we, that I learned in marketing and management school things that uh, that became, I don't want to say, they, they became obscure because the brand names became the product. Uh, if you need a tissue, what do you say? Give me a Kleenex, right? Um, Kleenex is a brand name. Facial tissue is the product. So it becomes very generic to say, give me a Kleenex because it's you, the, the product name or the product brand has become lessened because of the usage of the product, right? Same here with people that say, oh, I believe Jesus is born of God or believe Jesus is the Son of God. They might know it in their head. They might understand it, but they don't really know it. 
there's a difference here. The word believe, when it is used, it's not just the word believe in the head. It's the word believe in the heart. The, one, the, the Greek word suggests that it is a word that, it is a, it is a usage of the word that would suggest that we don't just believe here, but we fully entrust our lives to Christ. We fully give God everything. That's the verbiage used in the Greek for that word. <clears throat> so everyone who, who believes that Jesus is the Christ or fully entrusts their life to Christ is, is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father also loves the, the one born of the Father. So this kind of goes hand in hand. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're going to love the Son and the Father. Right? You're going to love them both. You're going to love the, all three of them, the Spirit, the, the Son, and the Father. You're going you're gonna to want to serve them. You're going to want to do that which you're called to do as a believer. We are to believe, which is fully in trust. It's not a flippant um, way of thinking. You know, Jim, Jim and Sandy, you're sitting on the bench there, on the pew there. You, you, you believe that that pew is going to hold you up, Right? because of past experience and just knowledge that you don't weigh a whole lot more than the pew can hold or, or less than the pew can hold or whatever the case. And so therefore, past experience and knowledge of how wood works, you believe that that's going to hold you up. That's a head knowledge here by understanding, by getting the, the, the knowledge from your personal experience. Jesus Christ is born of God. A lot of people that believe in Jesus are, that say that, that don't follow that. The reason they say that is because it's a traditional thing. They've heard it from the, the pulpit. They've heard their families say it. They've heard pastors say it. They've heard it on television. But it's never made it here. It's only made it here. And they know it by only the idea that they've heard it in their mind and, they, and that's kind of what we believe. But it's never made it down to their hearts, never trickled down to their heart. So to be a fully believer, to, when it says who, 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 whosoever believes is one that is born again completely, one that is trusting God fully with your life and putting him first. If you do that, you will love God, you will love the Son, you will love the Spirit. And by doing that, he says, by this we know that we love the children of God when the love of God, when we keep, and when we love God and keep his commandments. Now, to love God and to love the Father, or love the Father, love the Son, and love the Spirit in the way that we're called to do that, if we're doing that, we will love the children of God. We will love our fellow man. We'll love our church members. We'll love those that, that, we, that we have in church with us. You know, I've, I've heard people talk about, you know, you, you're in church with somebody and then they walk out and they walk ahead and someone walks ahead and then the other people stay back and they start talking about that person. What happened with them last week, where they were, what they were doing, gossiping about them. Is that really showing love? I would dare to question that in a way that people that do that really don't understand the love of God. They really don't understand the relationship in which they're supposed to be in. I think it's important for us 
to really love one another and love the brethren. When we love one another and love the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, we will love those outside the four walls that are not believers. We will truly love them. We'll, we will desire to see them in heaven. We'll desire to see them saved. No matter what the background is, no matter what our, our background is with the person, we'll desire to see them saved because we have something that is greater than what we have here. And that's a relationship with God. And by this love, we know that we love the Father, love um, the children of God, and we, and we love God and keep His commandments. What are His commandments? It's referring to the Ten Commandments, but I think more importantly and more accurately, it's referring to the two commandments that Jesus gave us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those two wrap up all the prophets and the Ten Commandments. So that's what we're talking about here. For doing those things, then we can say, we believe God. We believe in God. So that, that begs the question, doesn't it, of ourselves? Does of me anyway? Where am I at in God? Where am I at in, his, in, in my relationship with him? Do I love him? Do I love his people? Or is it a superficial type of thing? Is it a heart, not a heart thing, but a head thing? Is it a thing where it's conditional? I'll only love those around me if they live up to my expectations of what I think they should be. Or I'll only love them if they do what I want, give me what I want. There are some Christians like that. That's not unconditional love, that's conditional love, and that's not biblical. We are to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. And the question was asked of Jesus, who is your neighbor? Jesus answered, anyone in need is your neighbor. We all need something. Our greatest need is salvation, but we all need something on a regular basis. Are we willing to meet those needs of one another? That need not, might just be someone to stand with you in prayer. That need might be someone to, to sit with you while you are waiting, uh, awaiting news or results. That might be, might be something, maybe something more greater than that. But we're all in need of something at some time. We're all definitely in need of prayer. We should be praying for one another. I pray for you every day. I ask you pray for me every day. We're all in need of that. And we're all in need of things such as that. His commandments, the two commandments, wrap up the ten. So in the same way as the ten commandments, if you break one, you broke them all. If you're not doing one of the two, you're not doing either one of those either. Because it's not possible. If you love your brothers and sisters in the Lord, but don't love the Lord, where's that love coming from? 
It's not coming from God. It's not in you. And if you love God, but not your brother, that's not of God either. So we have to think about those things. It's important to think about those things. Verse 3, for this is the love of God that commands that love of God that we keep his commandments. He says it twice. By keeping his commandments, we have the love of God. By keeping the commandments. What, when we think about the, we think about the, the importance of Jesus putting on that. He said in the Gospels, remember, he said, those who keep my commandments are my friends. I love those who keep my commandments. So it would behoove us, wouldn't it, that we should keep his commandments fully and wholeheartedly, believing in who Jesus is in the heart, not in the head. And when we do that, we view others as not sinners that don't deserve anything, but sinners who deserve life and that more abundantly. I was listening to something the other day and I was watching, I really enjoy a pastor named Vadi Bokum. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. He's a reformed pastor and he was talking about a well-known pastor out in Texas who was in an interview and said that he doesn't speak about sin because everybody in the pew already knows they're sinners and so why bring them down any more than they already are? And Vadi Bokum said, they don't know they're sinners. They don't know it. You know why you don't know it? Because you've never been exposed to it. It goes back to that idea that when you are in the sin nature, everything that you rely upon, everything that you, um, all the, um, what do I want to say? All the thought patterns, the, the, the mindsets you have are not based in Scripture if you're not a believer. You might be a moral person. You might be a good person as society is concerned. But if you are not a born-again believer, to God you are not. To God you are an enemy. To God you're a child of wrath. You might be a good person, but until you are confronted with our, till we are confronted or you are confronted with our sin and your sin, and make a decision to confess that sin to Jesus Christ, that's when we realize we need a Savior. And yes, we need to be told to repent. And yes, we need to be told that we need to, to turn our hearts back to God. Isn't that love? Isn't that love for the brethren? Those aren't good, those aren't very... Um, comfortable conversations to go to someone and talk to them about something that they're doing that is not of God. I've had to do it a few times. It's not comfortable. 
But if you love that person in the Lord like, you're, like we're supposed to, those conversations have to happen. They have to happen. That's what loving the sinner or loving the brethren is all about. He says, and his commandments are not burdensome. It shouldn't be a burden to love someone. It shouldn't be a burden to serve God. It shouldn't be a burden to follow the will of God. We should do it with a, with a uh, expectation that God is going to do something, with a desire to grow in God, with a desire to follow God, with a desire to allow God to minister through us in, other, in people's times of need. It is not about a burdensome thing. If it's burdensome, then I think we should check our heart. If serving God or serving others is burdensome, then I think our heart needs to be checked. Spiritual heart. We need to repent. We need to repent if it's burdensome. Now I know there's days where, you know, you just don't feel like doing anything. But when it becomes a burdensome thing that you just don't want to do it, you just, you do, and you just rely on that mindset. I don't want to do it. I can't do it. I'm just, it's just too much for me. When that becomes a situation in your life, I think it's time to inspect your heart and repent and ask God to forgive you because there's something amiss when that takes place. Now, not burdensome. For whosoever is born of God overcomes the world, and the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. Ephesians 2 talks about how we're saved. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says that we are saved by faith, not of our works, lest any, any man should boast. But then it says in Scripture that faith without works is dead. So what are we talking about here? Loving others, loving God, keeping His commandments. Isn't that in some way works? Some way that is works. So how is it that we are saved by faith and not of works? Well, the good works that we're speaking of here are a byproduct of the faith in which we believe. Faith is important. Faith ministers to us. I was thinking about this the other day. As a country, as a, maybe even as a church, maybe as individuals, we need to be doing things that build our faith. A lot of times in the mornings when I'm doing stuff around the house, I will put on worship music because it builds my faith. I've been reading a book lately that's building my faith, and it's called What Does a Healthy Church Member Look Like or something like that. I don't remember the whole title, but it's a good book. Nine Marks of a Healthy Church Member. And it's a good book. One of those things that it's the, the first mark of that 
healthy church member is that the pastor should be prodding people to become a theologian. And what does that mean? Does that mean that you're supposed to go to college and become a theologian? No. But we are to, pastors are to invoke their people to study the Word of God. Now, I know that a lot of us here do that already, but studying it farther than you've studied it before. Sunday school is great, and I know Ralph puts a lot of study and a lot of time into those lessons. And I know Ralph has a very good personal relationship, time with God, devotional life. Can that all be said of all of us? Can it be said of me? Can it be said of you? Do we study beyond our devotions? Do we get into commentaries? I'm going to be doing something here when I get done with this nine marks of a healthy church member. I've got a commentary through the book of Ezekiel. I believe, no, it's Isaiah. It's Isaiah. I'm going to be going through that commentary with the book of Isaiah and studying the book of Isaiah. I've got that commentary, I might as well use it, right? If you have commentaries, use them. If you have resources, use them. If you have the internet, use it. A great resource is Blue Letter Bible. If you don't have paper, paper commentaries, hardbound commentaries, Matthew Henry's commentary on the internet's really well too. You get this thing, you get these things, you do these things, and you grow in the grace and knowledge of God. You learn to follow the commandments of God, not with just your head, but with your heart. Verse 5 Who is it that overcomes the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? He rounds it out in the same, along the same lines. Verse, verse 1, he says, Whosoever believes that Jesus Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father is, 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 uh, loves the one born of the Father. So what's he saying in the last verse? Who is it that overcomes the world but the one who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? So it's an attitude of rounding it out. It's like a like a nice sandwich. You know, you've got the top bun and the bottom bun or the top piece of bread and the bottom piece of bread. All of that is, all of this is encompassed in that is what it's saying, right? These two statements at the beginning and the end are brought together. All the stuff in the middle is brought together by the top and the bottom. Loving Jesus Christ Believing he is the Son of God and believing when he is, that he is the Son of God, you will love the Father. So all of the things in the middle, verses 2 through 4, 2, and two through 4, those verses are encompassed and made possible by the first verse and the fifth verse. It's like a sandwich. So we have to think about those things as we understand it. What are some things that we can do? By this we know that, that we love the children of God when we love and keep His commandments. How is that possible? By, by, by believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, number one. 
and believing he's born of God and loving the Father. Verse 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. How are they not burdensome? Verse 1, Whoever believes that Jesus Christ is the born of God and, and everyone who loves the Father loves the one born of the Father. In verse 5, whoever, who is it that overcomes the world but the one who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Now we have to think about this for a moment. The world. That, who, that one who overcomes the world. First John says in there that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Right? So we have to understand that greater is God in us than the enemy. So if we can overcome the enemy, the only way we're going to overcome the enemy by the opposite of verses 2 through 4, not loving the brethren, not, loving the, not keeping his commandments, not loving the Father, not believing the Son, the only way we can do that is by believing. We have to overcome the world. What are some things? Look at the world for a moment. 2020 gave us a whole, and 2021 are giving us a whole new way of thinking and a whole new way to consume our, um, I don't want to say our news, but it's more than our news. It's our information. We consume our information via television, but mostly via streaming or internet. Why? Because it's there. It's set up. I mean, we didn't have to do, I didn't have to do a whole lot when we closed down for those 10 weeks to do a sermon online. I had everything was all there, ready to go. So 2020 and 2021 are, have, have given us a new way to consume our information. You can see movies, either you can purchase them online and watch them online, or you can go to the theater, depending on how you feel about it. Uh, you can watch your news on television, or you can watch it on the internet. And let me tell you something, the internet has a lot of different... FCC guidelines on what they can share in advertisements and what they can share in their quote-unquote commercials. And so a lot of things that we are fed will give us either a positive attitude or a negative attitude. Maybe we will lean more negative than positive. You know, one of the things that happens when, well, 2020 and 2021 was people don't go around people very often. Some people don't. You know, I know I have so much that I'm so busy anyway, I don't really like to go anywhere I don't need to go. So I'm not around a lot of people either, unless I need to be around people. And with gas prices like it is, you can't just go jaunting here and there just to go. So we're kind of in a bubble. And so our understanding of our theologies or our way we think 
comes via what we consume, our information. We don't really talk to people unless we're talking over the phone. Some of us may get out more than others, but there's, you know. So the world gives us negativity. A good indication of the world is Facebook. Believe me. A good indication of the attitude of the world is Facebook. Uh, you get on Facebook. I, I don't, I'm on Facebook, but I don't do a whole lot on Facebook anymore. But if I go through my newsfeed, it's negativity, 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 positive, negativity, 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 positive. You see the ratio of negativity versus positivity? It's not really that, the ratio isn't really good. What happens then is we become a negative people. We begin to view things in a different light. Our positivity should come from Scripture. Our ideologies, our theologies should come from Scripture. And we should overcome those things. Sometimes to overcome the world would mean we have to de deactivate our Facebook page and get rid of Instagram and Twitter and Twitch and Snapchat and you insert one here. Get rid of all that stuff and focus on God. I don't do a lot with it purposely because it's negative. Because it's negative. And there's a lot of things out there that are negative. Unfortunately, YouTube is negative if you don't really know what to look for. I've gotten to this idea of using my media server over YouTube because I know what's on there. Trying to stay positive. And if you stay positive, you overcome the world. You overcome that negativity. You overcome that, that idea of, uh, of paranoia in some cases, some people, right? With everything you hear about the current situation, the pandemic. People are panicking. People are paranoid. That's okay. The media designs it that way sometimes. But stay positive. Go to God. Ask God to bless you. Ask God to minister to you. Overcome the world. If you overcome the world, how do you do that? You stay positive. You talk to God. You, you spend time in His Word. You spend time in prayer. You, you follow His commandments and you love the brethren. That's overcoming the world. In a society of separation, in a society of segregation, because that's really what it is, if you think about it, for three months, People were staying home. Don't go around anybody. That's glorified segregation. In a world of segregation, in a world of, of um, in a world of separation, how can we love the brethren when we're fighting our own depression? when we're fighting our own anxiety, when we're fighting our own fear, we focus on God. 
Focus on him. And I'm not suggesting by any means that you take your life or take take your life in your own hands and you go out and you do whatever you want to do. Follow the land's law of the land. But be positive. Ask God to give you a positive attitude and not a negative one. And by doing so, you can overcome the world. Who is it that overcomes the world? But the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. The three verses in between, the bottom one, the bottom verse and the top verse, are all encompassed in those two verses. Verse 3. Or verse 4, I mean. For whosoever is born of God overcomes the world, and the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. We talked about how much faith we have. How much faith do we have? We have to have a lot of faith. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you weren't healed because you didn't have enough faith, or you didn't, you didn't get this job because you didn't have enough faith. I'm just saying we have to have faith that God knows what's going on. That God is the God knows what's on tomorrow. That God knows what tomorrow's going to bring. We have to have faith in that. And sometimes doing the things that God would want us to do, sometimes those things cause us to step out of our comfort zone and be what God wants us to be. And whatever that comfort zone might look like for you. A lot of us are out and about and pretty much doing what we want to do anyway with masks, but what does that comfort zone look like for you? Have you stepped outside of it yet? In that way, you're also overcoming the world because you have faith that God is going to give you the, fill your mouth with words to speak or give you the, give you the, um, what do I want to say? The, uh, I don't want to say gumption, but the courage to do that which God wants you to do. We have to overcome those things. Amen? Within the guidelines of the local government. But we have to overcome those things. Some of us might say, well, how in the world, and I'll end with this, but how in the world can I minister to someone in my situation. You're in, in every one of our situations is different. Ruth lives in an assisted living facility. Or I don't know if it's assisted living or not, but it, she lives there at Creekside. Um, you guys live here in, in Claytonville. We live in Sheldon. Ralph lives in Wellington, and you guys live in Claytonville and, and Cisna Park. So what can you do in your situation? Each one of us have different situations. Brenda lives in Cisna Park, and she's got a job. Wayne lives in, here in Claytonville, got a job. Two different places, Watsika and Rantoul, right? So in those situations, think about your comfort zone and how you can jump out of that comfort zone in the job or in the, in the town you live in, okay? Maybe you're not a people person. Start talking to people. Asking God, give me the, the ability to talk to people. Just put a mask on and all that if you feel comfortable doing that. Ruth lives at Creekside, so how, do, how, do, how does she minister to others in her situation? Well, 
There's people in, in that area that I'm sure you talk to on a regular basis, ministered that way. I know one time we did the community sing over there and there's a bunch of people. You can minister that way in the community area, right? Ralph goes, you, you, you still go to coffee all the time, Ralph? Minister in coffee, right? Jim and Sandy, Jim, Jim, you, you, you pretty much talk to everybody, so that's, that's not a comfort zone issue for you, right? So you can minister that way. Sandy, I think you're the opposite of Jim, aren't you? So you can take some lead from your husband, get out of your comfort zone a little bit. And me, I don't know. Me and Amy live in Sheldon, and I believe that we live in Sheldon, we minister in Claytonville, we do our business in Sheldon, we do our business around here, if it's reasonable. You know what I mean? So we minister that way. That way conversations happen that I didn't know would ever happen. But it's just, just being open to those conversations, being open for that situation where you can minister to others. So all of that to be said, that I want to encourage you to find ways to minister. Find ways to, to say, well, this is my comfort zone. Beyond this point, you don't go there. I want you to wholeheartedly jump over that line and start going in that comfort zone, out of that comfort zone. That's how you grow. That's how you get to a different place in your relationship with God. You, 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 know, you stay here in this comfort zone issue, and you, in the end, you, do you ever grow? No. You're stagnant. But if you step over this comfort zone line, then you see what God can do in the situations that you didn't even think you could even do. And your faith builds up. You love Jesus more. You love God more. You want to do more. You go farther. And then your comfort zone line is here instead of here. And then you push and you stay here for a while and you get used to that. And then you hop over the line again. And you feel, oh man, look what God can do in this. And then you get, build your faith and you love God more. And, you, and all of it is a cycle. And then you, you're here in this cover. And then, you know, I can go out to, to the wall if I want to. But I won't because I'm tied up here. But... but all of that, that's how that works. That's how we grow. We, we, we find the comfort zones. We pray through them. We go beyond them. We see what God is capable of in this area of our life. We go to the next level, the next comfort zone issue, what God can do there. And listen, God will minister to you. God will bless your endeavors. Amen? He will bless those things. And he'll minister to us. So that's my challenge. That's my challenge. I want you to, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to say go out and minister to one person this week, but I want you to try to pray through and say, God, lengthen my comfort zone. Put it beyond me. And then allow God to lead you and direct you. Amen. So that's my challenge. I'm challenging you to do that. Also challenge you to continue to study the Word of God. Allow God to bless you in that as well. To grow in a greater relationship with God and a greater knowledge of Him. Amen. Father, thank you for today.
We pray that you'd bless and minister to each and every one here. Give us all strength. Give us the ability to pray and to ask for your touch on our lives to go beyond our comfort zones. And Lord, to, to do the things which you've called us to do. And Lord, allow our faith to grow, our relationship with you to grow, that we would follow these five verses. That Lord, we would, uh, we would see your work as not burdensome. That, Lord, we would, we would follow your commandments. And, Lord, that we would trust you and love you greater than we have before. And, Father, I thank you for that. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you all for being here today. God bless you this week. God minister to you, give you strength and peace. May he give you opportunity to share your faith to extend and go outside your comfort zone for the purposes of ministry. And may you be blessed this week, amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he turn his countenance upon you and give you his peace, amen. Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I pray that you find value in this content. You can also find an audio podcast of this program on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today.